podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, your number one Star Trek epidemic, pandemic, quarantine, house arrest. You know, it's like that time that Starfleet was worried about the uh, changelings infiltrating the Federation and Earth had to go on lockdown. Here we are. How are you, Andy? I'm all right. <laughs> Have I seen that one? No, it's in Deep Space Nine. Oh, there you go. That's why you haven't seen it. Don't spoil things is here that, at the the fall of civilization. Is that was <laughs> when, that a spoiler? When all I'll have to do is watch TV. Uh, what do I hear? Yeah, I thought it was. Biplane? Yeah, I thought. Is it a biplane? I, I thought it was. It was a full neighborhood alarm, also. But I think it's just someone mowing their lawn. <laughs> oh, yeah. It seems like a good thing to do in the rain during a lockdown. It's interesting during a lockdown how heightened your awareness is to every siren, uh, police sirens, emergency vehicles. I don't know if there are more than usual, but uh, it feels like there are. Andy, I bet that didn't really alter anything, did it? Not at all. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, we also have slightly different mics today. If we sound better, let us know. Worse, go fuck yourself. No, don't go fuck yourselves. <laughs> uh, and don't fuck each other either. Six feet away. Uh, six feet away? Six feet oh, away. Wait. I didn't... From each other. Andy, we have a problem. Remember the, uh, the H4 series, we're four six and a half, feet away? We're four and a half feet away from each other. <laughs> well, we're bad news. We, we, Matt and I quickly realized that if there are any two people that are doomed yeah. to have already infected each other, it is us. We are constantly yammering directly in each other's faces. Yep. We both have exactly the same job. Uh-huh. You know, filled with production very people. Very similar extras. Similar extras. Often, often the same background people on both shows. Yeah. Who knows where uh, they came from? You know, and then uh, Andy last week directed an episode and had to shoot a prom scene with 150 people. That's right. In a very small enclosed stage eight. If I had if I had done anything except directing and, and being obsessively like preparing my next day and I had in fact read the news thoroughly, then I would have refused to come in and said this is completely irresponsible. But, I told everybody on Thursday to put their phones away. You, obviously, if a, a loved one is calling or texting, go for it. But if you're just reading the news and making yourself crazy, eh, put it away. Yeah. So, anyway. But here we are. Andy and I <laughs> are off work. <laughs> Luckily, we both... Uh, we both, we both uh, cl- clawed our ways to the end of seasons. Uh, we which were, did not which quite, were shut down, by the way, before the last episode. hit the finish no. line. And my my episode, by the way, I'm not sure you'll see because there is a big plot turn in the prior episode, which was to be shot after my episode. <laughs> so, um, oh, but I did it. Nothing. A little I directed voiceover. an episode of television. Nothing. A little voiceover can't fit. I shot a thing with with her dealing with it at the beginning, but it's all going to be voiceover. Well, I think that that's uh, you know you covered yourself. Because I'm a good director. You're a good TV director. I got that great. Yeah, I'm a good TV director. <laughs> I got that. Uh, I got that credit right before the end of the universe. Uh, uh, not the universe. Why should we put it on other other planets? No, but I think if anything, people will be sticking around. Watch, uh, watch the Goldbergs in school on ABC at eight o'clock on Wednesdays. What else are you doing? Nothing. That's right. 
Or maybe you're just uh, listening to Star Trek podcast. And if that's the case, uh, welcome. Enjoy. Uh, so, Do you Andy, tell uh, them? oh yeah, but I feel like it needs some sort of uh, some sort of a sound. Sure. Do you want uh, me to? Here we go. Ready? Uh, oh, oh no! Wait. Let's see if I have a. If you want more of this, have we got news <laughs> for you? Uh, we got into emergency. Oh, Jesus Christ! Oh, oh that was goodness. so loud. That was so loud. I had to go cut it out. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Yep. Oh, what's that sound mean, Andy? I don't know. Well, it's it's a red alert. Red alert. If you are a subscriber to our Patreon, have we got not the right news noise for, for you? This. this is the worst noise for this. <laughs> Wait. At this moment in history. Oh, uh, here, how about this one? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Somebody get this guy off the controls. Here, we'll just... Let me just scan here. It's also very loud still. Not it. Not as loud. In as my loud. little sensitive this ears. One? This one feel soothing? This one's nice. <laughs> okay, everyone. Uh, so, Patreon, guess what? Uh, Andy and I were discussing the possibility of uh, adding a level, and then pandemic happened, and we were like, you know what? We're going to have time anyway. Let's not add a level. Let's just add content. That's right. Whoop, whoop. So... If you're a subscriber to our Patreon, if you're supporting us over there, a big old thank you. And uh, you know what? Let's just turn this dry quarter off, okay? Uh, and uh, guess what? We're gonna we're gonna start a little something I like to call uh, Ooh, pandemonium value add. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great name. I should have worked it's, it's up. It's off the cuff. That was, that was better uh, than I thought it was gonna be. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we were doing some math, thinking about how long it would take us to get through all of the Star Trek series and realized that uh, by the time we even got through TNG, uh, there'd be like three more seasons of other Star Trek shows out. It's true. <laughs> so because of that, we've decided that we're going to add a little uh, Patreon uh, action. We are going to start watching. Kind Everybody ready for this? A future glimpse. We're going to start watching Star Trek Voyager... And Star Trek Enterprise. Now, which which did we say which level's getting what, Andy? Yes, this is the way it breaks down. So, uh, first off, uh, we apologize for our delay on uh, on the Picard episode and on our TNG episode, which will be coming directly. Um, you know, there was stuff going on. Uh, I don't know if any of you have read the news or <laughs> or hold up in your house right now. <laughs> Um, but uh, we're going to get you Picard. Mm-hmm. Next, we're going to be getting you Conundrum, yep, our TNG, TNG episode. Next, we were due up for In Our President Circle, um, getting you Infinity War. Marvel Infinity War, everybody. Continuing with our MCU theme. Uh, and then right about then, we will be probably uh, due to get you your next Picard, your next free Picard episode. Yeah, that'll be coming out uh, this week. To also, tide you over. Uh, Thursday or Friday. And then following that, we're going to get the lieutenants their duly owed uh, two disco episodes. Yes, season two of Discovery. Andy and I are a little... Are we midway? We're midway through there, right? That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got to figure out what's going on with this Red Angel, etc. Um, find Spock. Oh, so much is happening over there. And then following that... We're going to get you Voyager. Now, Matt, are we going to be doing the first, or is that like one of those double episode? Uh, I believe the uh, Voyager is a is a is a long go. It's a it's a 
two ep- two like two in one situation. Forty four minutes, forty four minutes. And are we going to doing both? Uh, yeah, we're going to okay. get through that. Uh, okay, so we're going to give you we'll the see, whole pilot. We'll, I can't wait to talk about the caretaker array with you, Andy. Me too. Uh, I don't even remember what that was. Oh, but that's what set to the Delta. It quadrant. does sound like a classic Star Trek pilot. I can tell you even from that description. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So no one. Um, no one has email. That was just me. And uh, oh God, what's happening, Andy? I've ruined my life. What is happening? I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is everyone on this ship also in their quarters? Nobody's running the uh, the bridge? No, it is It is running with the AI. Oh, my goodness. Um, so then following um, the disco episodes, this is where things get interesting. So we're doing the Voyager episode, uh, the pilot. So the Voyager will go where? That's going to end up for the president? That's going to be in the president's circle. Congratulations, president, circle members. Voyager coming your way. Then you folks, even though we've been at a rate of one new TNG episode per month, this is Battle Stations, guys. And we're not going to leave you hanging. We're going to give you some more free content. We're going to give you Power Play, the next TNG episode. That's right. We're going to try to get back to a regularly scheduled programming. We've only got two more episodes of Picard, and then we can go back to our weekly TNGs. And then, uh, and then, lastly, uh, at the lieutenant's level. Uh, so look, we're so generous with you, presidents, that we figured why not be generous with those lieutenants who have worked almost as hard as you guys. We're going to give you a little something that I have never really wanted to watch, and I, I have no opinion on, but I certainly have not heard that it's the best. Sure, <laughs> but I'm very interested. I guess so. I guess I guess for you and I, this would probably be a, the most appropriate podcast for us to for, to be watching it. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm going to feel. But anyway, that that's a long way to say uh, Andy and I and Lieutenant Circle are going to start watching oh Star Trek Enterprise. In your, it's been a long road getting from there to here, something like that. Right? In your mind's eye, mm-hmm. us being very complaining about Picard, do you imagine you will have more or less complaints about Enterprise? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I have Probably no you'll idea. have less expectations. So, I'll tell you what, I've watched maybe in my entire life two and a half episodes of Enterprise. You really? Oh, so we're really, it's going to be another thing that you and I both, neither of us have seen. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really need you to walk me through that because it's going to be a lot I mean, of... How am I going to walk you through it? You have to walk me through it. Well, I mean, you you'll say, oh, it. that guy is that, and the way you're doing with Picard. Mm, yeah, but at least that is, I can build off of what I've previously seen. This Enterprise thing, it's a pre-prequel. It's before Discovery. It's true. It's wild. Well, it's before Star Trek too, right? Yeah, yeah, way before. It's uh, disco is ten years before Enterprise, right? Yeah, and Enterprise is like a hundred years before that. Wait, is that the way the timeline works? Yeah, disco is very advanced based on that. Look, don't pay that much attention to it; <laughs> you'll hurt your brain. Right, I won't pull it apart. Um, all right, let's get to it, folks. I hope everybody's staying safe. God bless you all. Live long and pl- prosper. Oh, I screwed it up. It's okay. I hope that, that's not a bad... It's uh, all right. Um, and, don't um, shake hands, everybody. Just, uh, don't shake hands. Stay Vulcan, out of... Vulcan salute. Public places. Um, and uh, and uh, we're thinking about all of you. And uh, uh, we value your support. And we're here to support you. <laughs> With more of us talking. With more of our voices. So, <laughs> look, everything, um, everything creators... Maybe we have maybe we have two Patreon supporters left. You're still getting it. It's true. Uh, okay, so Matt, 
Andy tried to save it uh, in the saddest way possible, uh, which was put his microphone up to his tiny laptop speakers. I'm gonna have a laptop from from this from the '60s. So. You have the enterprise of laptops, the NXO one of laptops. This should be your comfort that uh, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter how much chaos and and everybody, how scared everybody is, um, this podcast will always be a trash fire. That, yep. that will never change. You can always depend on that. Here we go. What oh, happened? Andy. Oh. Anyway, yeah, Andy, I would have to watch this episode. It's episode eight. Of Picard, probably uh, the most stuff happening in an episode ever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that was very funny. I plugged in Andy's thingamajiggy for him, and uh, I timed it right. Give me some credit for that. You you got you got to laugh. I mean, what more credit do you need than a big old laugh? It is the most valuable resource we have now. It's the only currency that other people than toilet still paper. Oh, yes, toilet paper. Ah, beautiful, beautiful toilet paper. Hey, do they have toilet paper in the future? Has that ever been addressed? They have three seashells in Demolition Man. Is that lawnmower getting closer and closer? It feels like they're mowing the air around us. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get rid of it that way, buddy. Um, um, it's not, by the way, in case anyone's wondering, it's not even at my house. I don't know where this mower is coming from. Andy looked to double check. It really to make sure sounded someone like it was wasn't right outside. Are they being bothered by it? Are they bothered by us? Should we quiet down so they can finish mowing? <laughs> not, not them. I mean, our listeners. Oh, I think they understand. <laughs> I don't care about those people. Things that happen on on the board of the ship here. Um, Matt, we got to step into the Admirals Club. Oh, do we ever? Whoops! And here we go. Goodbye, Matt, how do you get into the Admirals Club? You go to Apple Podcasts, you leave us a five-star review, uh, and, uh, you know, you might be selected to be singled out as a member of the Admirals Club. Uh, our first Admiral is uh, Titus. I rem- remember his name being, um, but it's B. Tit, you sir. Um, bet, best uh, TNG cast out there Contrary to the way I just mangled his name Love that you're doing Picard now uh, Two as it comes out Keep it up and don't change a thing Cheers Titus Alright Next one We is, can all we not change a thing We've done it <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's any danger of that Titus uh, Shane7911 writes us Great podcast As a longtime fan of everything Star Trek I've been on a journey with you guys Watching the TNG series a second time Along with my brother who has never seen Any Star Trek other than the original series Oh wow We always listen to your podcast uh, After each episode And really enjoy having our own conversations About each episode Keep it coming And there were two icons there that um, didn't translate over to your. I'm uh, guessing they must have been this, the the Vulcan salute, but oh, uh, could, could have been like a, a sad face, hand like maybe like a like a little uh, little pile of uh, of uh, poop. Could have been that too. You never know. Live long and forper and poop. Yeah, sure. Live long and poop, everyone. I'm curious. Let's see if I can find it. Don't worry about it, Andy. <laughs> um can't find it okay uh next we gotta go to the united <laughs> federation everyone's riveted what were it what were the what were the emojis hey, you know, the ocd amongst the crowd are the people i'm always thinking of 
was a Vulcan salute. Um, okay. <laughs> As I assumed. Uh, so, Andy, what's going on here in the president's circle where you could be uh, selected to become a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardee? Well, those, that's what we're about to announce, uh, Matthew. Who are the lucky Who are the lucky recipients this uh, week? The first one is Lieutenant Aussie Andy, who says, uh, plenty fodder for Andy's theory that Riker is in love with Picard. He's talking about Nepenthe, our previous Picard episode. Yes. I thought Riker was leaning in for a kiss when they first greeted. I'll see myself out. Uh, I bet he was. They probably cut the kiss. Um, our next one is from Lieutenant Malolo who says regarding the Rikers not a, this is a we, we sort of amongst our criticisms I think mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one of us was saying probably you because I loved it you did love it but you had just as many criticisms so let's not yeah um, but it's I can still here. love something and criticize it I'm not That's saying how I feel about you Andy <laughs> do you yes I'll accept half that compliment um, regarding the Rikers not obtaining a positronic brain if uh, there existed any actual one they would have when Troy says it turns out there are none that means they tried everything already and we don't know uh, that they didn't keep trying from there until the day he died mm-hmm. they can't make a list of the Star Trek reasons why the 800 Star Trek solutions in all past episodes uh, of all series can't be applied this time. Like, why don't they beam a torpedo to their bridge? Why don't they go uh, to the other regenerative planet? Why don't they call this or that character? It's not realistic to expect a list of detailed why-nots for every problem that the story opens. Uh, I was being facetious when I said, why aren't they going to, uh, to the Baku planet? But uh, I see your point, and uh, I get it. But also, like, they open a drawer where a positronic brain is sitting at the Daystrom Institute. (laughs) That's true. And uh, if they hadn't sort of showed us that in the second episode, maybe I wouldn't have uh, said what I said. Um, I actually do think you see this is this is proof of what I was saying. I think you did say that, and I also did say the uh, the issue of well, what about all the other solutions? And uh, I do accept Malolo's uh, point. Uh, Malolo, and as far as that, of that, course. I, that I do think uh, that I was being uh, unfair and saying, well, what about all the other things that could have solved the problem? Because that's not fair. You got to go with the episode you're in. So yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, from that side anyway. But I also accept what my, Matt just said. Lieutenant Joe Moore says, "Loving the show, guys. Just read that Mark." Bernardin, Mark Bernardin of Fat Man on Batman, supervising producer on season two of Star Trek Picard. Um, And he says that should be really cool. Also, it strikes me that this series feels like the video game Mass Effect or other story-based games like Heavy Rain or Telltale's The Walking Dead series. You go around talking to everyone individually, getting everyone's Mm -hmm. views on the current situation, Mm -hmm. exchanging the same info over and over again because you need to make sure the player hears it at least once, regardless of which characters they chose to speak to. And Lieutenant Raymond had the same thought. Yeah, Mass Effect is about an AI that sort of... uh destroys the population long in the past um, essentially the same plot yeah I think his his point is more of the uh, the repetition of exposition which is very video game like that it's well like, but like Mass Effect is literally the same plot. I'm worried about what's going on in this town sure. this thing that this other character sure. said we um, need money <laughs> um, Lieutenant Chris Dutch has a plan Lieutenant Chris Casimir I'm going back by the way to uh, Red Dead Redemption. You think we're going to get to Tahiti? (laughs) Yes, the amount of times you hear that is uh, uncountable. Dutch wants to have mangoes in Tahiti. I just did a uh, 
a um, Andy's gonna toot his own Instagram horn. Why don't you follow Andy Secunda at Secunda, right? It's at Andrew Secunda. Sorry, at Andrew Secunda <laughs> on Instagram. Not a dedicated follower. Andrew Secunda. I mean, I followed you. I've done the work. Like it now, you know, like what's my phone number? You have no idea. I have no idea what your phone number is either because you you're already in there. Me. You're yeah, there. You you're do, there. You don't see the phone number underneath every time you 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 look at the. No, but I see like. It, like in my brain it's like Andrew Secunda or Secunda either one it's you whatever the case all I'm saying is Andy put some great content up go take a look Red Dead related it'll be interesting to see whether during this uh, this isolation I do a single other thing I had thought because Kyle Barker sending us a ton of great content I was like ah, I gotta get the Instagram going again we'll see if it happens that'd be good to do uh, but yeah I told Andy to start playing Red Dead again and he did yeah maybe I'll finish it I restart I started a new game on Sunday night a new game so what what number will this be for you it's probably my seventh playthrough holy crow it's the greatest thing ever I love it so much is that your favorite game look at this in that silence Arkham Knight I think is my favorite Arkham game. Knight is the best not Arkham not the first one huh no Arkham I, I played Asylum for me like it sort of died I feel like Arkham Knight felt a little mechanical even though it was still amazing stuff felt a little yeah, more I mean, mechanical I, and a lot of people don't like the Batmobile being worked into the uh, to this to the story like it relies very heavily on it um, yeah. I don't mind that, but I didn't but... mind it and I just yeah, I have the Batmobile the combat was like so perfect in that game oh like, yeah the hand to hand combat was so perfect in that game that I really just uh that's probably the game I've replayed the most in my life. Just from a from a technical perspective, you think the hand to hand combat was? Yes, the combat free flow was just beautifully done. It was like you know because Arkham City was fantastic, and then Arkham Knight I felt refined it a little bit more, some new move sets, and just made it uh, that much better. More options. What is it you liked about the? Yeah, I like the move. I like the move sets. I like the gadget uh, things you can do. I love the look of the new bat suit. I mean, this is all just stupid stuff. The mo- the game's beautiful. Like I love our, going around Gotham in the rain. And they must be coming out with a new one, right? Yeah, supposedly uh, Warner Brothers Games is doing the next one. Oh, uh, supposed to be an announcement. We would have thought we'd see something at E three, but E three has been canceled. So it'll be anybody's uh, anybody's guess as to what. But the hear, last one was hearing Court of Owl, Court of Owls will be the storyline in this one. The last one wasn't Rockstar Games anyway, right? Arkham Knight was Rockstar Games. Arkham Origins, which was between City and Knight, was uh, WB Montreal. Oh, and they're doing the next one. Interesting. Um, okay. Uh, Chris Casimiro says, uh, Lieutenant Chris Casimiro. This is another. Um, um, uh, Captain uh, Pike. for Pike winner Medal of Valor award Medal of Valor executive uh, I wanted to acknowledge that I may have been the only person to laugh at Mac- Matt's sex babam reference from Allison Pill's character and Scott oh, Pilgrim vs. the World also when they kept Mac- mentioning Captain Crandall I really wanted one of them to say I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi or Crandall <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny <laughs> I and, like that a lot. Um, I wonder if he means old Lore Crandall. <laughs> Very interesting to see if this this character lives up to this all this hype. Yeah, or if this character shows up. I mean, with only two episodes left, it seems like what the fuck is happening? Yeah, they're spending a lot of time on a new character again. That would be crazy. Um, and our last Christopher Pike Medal awardee uh, is Richard Santiago, Lieutenant Richard Santiago, who says, I posted this on the other comment thread, but let me flex my president muscles. Yes, you flexed them. P- 
pay up, Andy. Kirk was less of a womanizer than people claim he was. And he points towards uh, one of the many articles uh, that say that he kissed 19 women. Oh, I don't remember baby. what we bet. What did we bet? It Anything? just feels okay to be okay. It feels okay. You were just right, and I was wrong. It just feels it feels uh, it feels good to see Captain Kirk the way I see him, <laughs> which is not that woman. I a see. gentlemanly, a scholar, and a gentleman. <laughs> is he a scholar? Is that what we're saying about him? I mean, he was one of the best students ever at Starfleet Academy. <laughs> but he cheated. He. You know, in the Kobayashi Maru, obviously he, but he he got a commendation for creativity because <laughs> he cheated. <laughs> but like everybody fails it, so he was going to fail it or not. But look, I'm not saying he's not clever. He's I'll as say, clever as he's can super be. Super smart. Super smart. Super smart. Although I do remember like his there character was... is written as uh, it's just it's it's interesting how time passes and it makes you sort of look back at at fictional characters with these sort of like broad strokes you know you just you mean you, you, don't, reduce, look the, you don't look at the you reduce them the to their you just look at the sure look at the popular culture references of the character and that sort of becomes the character in your mind i do remember a uh was it was it like a D style game that was trek do you remember this yes yes the for old series school. right yeah yeah I've and i remember the, the his matchup in terms of stats against all the other characters was incredibly low except for luck <laughs> right luck was 98. i remember that i remember that <laughs> um all right well that's it for the president circle well then i suppose we should head over to the hallway here okay and uh, make haste You gonna open up the hail bag? Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. Now, Andy, you should really be judiciously. If you want to record so much, you yeah. really should watch how many hails we're doing. I know. I just, you know, you gotta I, spread the love. Uh, well, that's why I'm. Wait, what does spread the love mean in this case? It means like, like we don't want to like do like a bunch and then do a bunch and then have none and have none and then. You know what I mean? If we're recording like four times this week, then. Oh, I don't think we're in danger of oh, good. not having enough content. Continue. I could be wrong. As you were. Um, uh, Jim Walsh writes us, uh, why am I always on XB cleanup detail? Fuck you. <laughs> Best regards, Jim. Oh, sorry, Jim. A lot of XBs to clean up this week. <laughs> um, Andrew Ball um, says, hey, Matt and Andy. Uh, so quickly from the episode Nepenthe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a week behind, so apologies if somebody's already so picked them up. Uh, uber geeky but the nepenthe star system appears in the game uh star trek bridge commander which i played a lot as a kid i really admit oh, this is shit. useless information i haven't played bridge commander in a long time i That's loved that game kind of nice and by loved that game i mean i liked it a lot for three weeks that wasn't the text one right no that was uh bridge commander was uh the uh xbox game gotcha uh, the, the Xbox 360 game, I believe. Uh, his second point is, so when Nerissa is explaining why she can't kill Hugh, she says it's because of the Federation and that asinine treaty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when she says the line, she pronounces it as arsenine. Uh, I know she's putting on a British accent. IMDb says she's a Bostonian. Um, but nobody says it that way. It's as though she once heard we say arse instead of ass and carried that across to every word <laughs> which has ass in it, i.e. A- 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 Avengers Arsemble. <laughs> uh, 
Um, either that or the Universal Translator can't cope with Britishisms. Keep up all the good work. Andrew Ball. It's pronounced ball like ball. Well done. Um, Wendy Gisborne writes us, Hi, Matt and Andy. Hi. Hi. Um, this is sort of two different perspectives on our criticisms that I thought I would read. Um she says, uh, I think I figured out your problem with Star Trek Picard. It's because you're doing a Star Trek TNG rewatch, and so you're looking at Picard 30-odd years ago and can't see him as an old man now. You're still expecting the show to be fast-paced and just can't work that way now. Uh, it has to be slow-paced in order to match Picard. I'm pretty sure you'd be ripping it to even smaller pieces if the episodes went to TNG speed and say along the lines of, this is unreal and unbelievable. Also, you're both writers and you seem to be watching it as writers instead of fans. You need to watch it as a fan and stop analyzing it with your work hats on. Personally, I'm loving it, but that's my opinion. Still adore your podcast and don't ever become pros at it. It would spoil it. (laughs) Wendy Gisborne, Portsmouth, UK. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Uh, No, uh, no danger of us becoming pros at podcasting not at all we're we're already we've already messed up 800 times today uh and uh yeah we do have our writer hats on hard to take them off i think that you are you're on to something with us hat with us watching tng sort of concurrently um but i don't buy it with the pacing um I yeah i think that's, think i think it actually is pretty well paced i think it's the story that's the issue the story momentum agreed i think yeah. that the pacing of the editing and the scenes is all good i think this week it's like frenetic it's like this week's like what the fuck everything's happening yeah. um but previous weeks i think it's all there i mean but also patrick stewart how active is he ever in tng he stands up Pulls his, pulls his uniform down, That's sits true. back down, walks to his ready room, sits down. He's generally speaking more of the con- the conscience of the show. Yes, but let me... T- oh, I, oh, I can't wait to talk about it today, but like this episode? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, this I, felt like there he is. Oh, see, I love... He had been hiding this I whole time. It. I loved it except for that aspect, but we'll get into it. Whoa! So the... Uh, the uh, Controversy. The, it's also, here's a counter thought. We uh, like the same things for different reasons. <laughs> now we hate each other. From Garth Fallon. Uh, Dear Matt and Andy, long-time listener, first-time contributor. Firstly, I'd like to thank you for the amazing work you do. It is our pleasure, Garth. Uh, I'm always laughing and smiling while listening to your show. You got me through some dark times. One of the most amazing things, uh, hopefully this will be one of those dark times, Garth. One of the most amazing things. Oh, wait, you said hopefully this will be a dark, dark time? Hopefully Garth? this will be one of the dark times that we get him through, is my oh, point. Oh, I hope you're not going through dark times. I hope you're going through light well, times. Well, aren't we all going through a certain amount Andy, of dark Andy, I think you're projecting a lot. Really? Yes. I think you're projecting What's your, your, take? your own, your own uh, sort of panic. I'm not panicked. Here's what, here's what it feels like to me. And this is what I was saying to my wife, and she was like, yeah, but these don't last eight weeks. This feels very much to me like what it used to be like back east when we would be in a snow emergency, uh-huh. and the roads would be closed, okay. except for emergency vehicles and essential travel. Uh-huh. Nowhere would be open for food, right? Uh, and you just sort of hunkered down, right? And sometimes you know it would last two, three days, sometimes four days if it was a blizzard, yeah. Um, and that's what this feels like to me. So I'm just sort of approaching it with the mindset of like, oh, it's just like a snow emergency. Well, I, 
I, I'll I'll swing with that. <laughs> yeah. So I hope you're all hunkered down. And I, uh, I can tell you, I bought seven pints of ice cream. So you know, I'm good for get, a little that's bit. That's not going to get through. There's no emergency. <laughs> At least three three days. <laughs> um, anyhow, to continue uh, Garth's letter, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I could wish we could cut away to you in the in the store <laughs> fighting an old man for that last pint. <laughs> you're in the high risk category. Get out of you don't need it. <laughs> Um, all right, where are we? One of the most amazing things uh, about your show is the extent it has become a community undertaking with a network of regular contributors, followers, and general well-wishers. I agree. Um, that was me. I think part of this is Matt hates it when I don't distinguish my voice. I agree. I, I, uh, I, you know, I, was, I was reading an email on Excellent Adventure this week, and I did the exact thing you always do which is not at all change the cadence and i was and i had i stopped myself and i was like i'm sorry that was me (laughs) did you blame me for the problem (laughs) probably (laughs) classic i think part of this is because uh of the kind of ethos that star trek and starfleet embody and therefore the kinds of people attracted to the franchise i know plenty of people have joined various western militaries because Starfleet was not yet available to join, and I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. The other factor is the spirit you two bring to the show and your listeners. I love all the stuff uh, ups, uh, stuff ups with sound effects and failing to follow the flow chart. <laughs> we do fail at following the flow chart. What's prompted me? Know. I never know what we're doing next. No. And uh, I do, but it doesn't help me to be more on track. Um, What's prompted me to write was the uh, shtick you two are copying for telling how it is. You've managed to accurately dissect what's wrong with the show as it emerges. This is a bummer for people like me who are thrilled to to bits to know that Sir Patrick was diving back into the role and spearheading this new show. I think everyone is an enthusiastic backer of what he's trying to do. The idea of, uh, of a Picard who has fallen and broken and who needs to restore himself in parallel with a Federation Starfleet turned small-minded and xenophobic. The issues lie in the storytelling technique. Because you two are professionals, you are like great physicians watching some battlefield medic and going, oh man, I can't believe he's butchering the patient like this. Your audience is used to you criticizing ST and uh, TNG TNG, uh, from a place of overall affection and respect for Trek. But now they hear your criticisms and they are upset because they know you are right. Uh, On the surface, they claim you are being too harsh, but actually they fear that if you were right and if the show stays this way, it will end up being a well-intentioned mediocrity like Enterprise. I really wish you two were consulted in the script development because in a couple of all-nighter sessions, uh, you probably would have sorted this out. My theory uh, for what went wrong is this. Sir Pat is the driving force in the show. He's an actor, not a writer. Uh, he's also a bit of a lefty who is worried about the rise of populism in Western democracies, mm-hmm. and he wants to talk about that phenomenon, phenomenon and do it uh, using Picard, who is, quite frankly, an elderly gent now. The problem is, Sir Pat is an expert on character and mood and emotion and has a political perspective to articulate, but he's not a professional storyteller. He needs a few good writers to step in and take charge of telling us the story while he turns his attention to showing us the character and evoking the mood. All the best, yours in Trek. Uh, Space Marshal Garth. Garth, thank you for the email. Some very nice things were said in there. I think he's got, you know, he's got very talented writers. Story-wise, I just don't... I don't know. I feel like, and I think you'll also probably agree with us, it's going to be very interesting as we approach the back two. Yeah. What they end up doing. How they tie up loose ends. What they do. 
but for me already it feels like in this episode this was at least two episodes worth of story they could have done in two episodes you think and i would have been very satisfied with the amount of story coming out in the episodes are you saying too much i think there was a well i think i feel like they have to really hit the gas now Mm -hmm. you know rather than puttering out in their third act they are flying in a way that they should have they parsed should've, out the information they, a yeah, little that's, bit, that's a little bit more judiciously. Yeah. Um, and that is... Oh, wait. We have one more prime corrective. One more prime corrective. We have a, a prime corrective. We have one more hail in the form of a prime corrective. Oh, hit that jingle. Time for a retrospective. Because truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective. Because Matt and he got it wrong. Um, I'm not sure which of us got it. I think both of us might have gotten this one wrong. Probably. It has nothing to do with Star Trek. Oh, it's no. entitled Wedge Respect. Oh, Wedge Antilles, yeah. Edward Muller writes us, sadly, uh, no, Wedge was not in his trusty X-Wing during Rise. He was seen manning a gun turret on the Millennium Falcon. No respect for Wedge. He's back after all this time just to be a gunner. Come on, a seasoned veteran of multiple conflicts. Wedge should have been put in charge of the entire Rebel Resistance attack fighter Space Force. Keep up the good pods, lads. Senior Jedi transporter Chief Edward. My brain just put him into his X-Wing because that's what I wanted to see. Again, I only saw that movie once. Yeah. And I was just so excited to see Wedge that my brain was like, he's in his X-Wing. It, your, your brain changed it to... It, my brain Maybe it, what it should have been. My brain made it better. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't do that with track, though. It does. Does it? Stop talking about my brain like that. You dumb brain. <laughs> brain and brain. What is brain? Everyone um, who got that reference, you are among friends. What is it? It's a reference to a Star Trek episode called Spock's Brain. Of course. Um, you know what? There's one more hail. Okay, dokie. Do uh, that I wanted to read because I thought it did address uh, something that was. Uh, oops. That was uh, uh, valid. Captain, incoming message. Incoming message. Just doing a different sound because it's, uh, we it's never, out of order. We haven't even closed the hill. It's uh, from uh, Lizzie D. Um, so I'm going to give this to you, give you a, a Christopher Pike Medal uh, of Valor awardee award. Um, you know, retrospectively, uh, retroactively rather. Uh, guys, regarding the characterization of Picard, while this isn't the captain we loved in TNG's regular run, he is pretty darn consistent with future Picard in all good things. Apologies to Andy for the spoilers. I'm going to accept them this time, but this that was me. Uh, but this is is basically a retelling of future Picard with Eriumatic syndrome trying to get from his vineyard to the Devron system he has uh, the same layers of pride and mild confusion and is similarly out of touch with the galaxy around him the all good things Picard was patronized by his colleagues and stonewalled by upright Starfleet admirals Falchibon et al. for a bad creative choice, if you like, but they followed the blueprint to a T. Just be glad they didn't do the same for Riker. Just my two cents. Thanks for the pot and giving us a place to commiserate in collective disappointment. Hmm. Oh, so she is still disappointed, even though. Um, so, yes, that was a spoiler and one that you, you most likely have been protecting me from. Um, but uh, but it is illuminating if if the prognostication of Picard is that he ends up kind of befuddled and not that useful 
What is your take, Matt? Yes. You know, my take on that always... I don't know how to talk about it without spoiling all good things for you. Okay. Well, then maybe we should let, let it lie. I guess I would just say, until I see all good things, maybe I'm not Maybe we, I'm not the person to... Do you want can, me to leave the room? No, here's what I can say, non-spoilery. Okay. I think part of the point of that episode was to tell us that the future uh, isn't written. Uh, and that it that was... they were show, we, were show, we were shown a possible outcome. Uh... And I think that, that that sort of was the purpose. And, you know, was he going to get Hiramata Syndrome? It was never, never like, set in stone that he would get it. And also, like, the diagnosis, like, the diagnosis even was sort of vague. Mm-hmm. You know? The diagnosis in Picard? Yeah. Or in, they yeah. need to run more tests. They never run the tests. Yeah. So. Never run the tests. Maybe they have a shortage of... Uh, Neuromotic syndrome tests. Could be. <laughs> Government was like, we got plenty. No, you don't. <laughs> um, with that, our hell bag is closed. All right, Andy, it's time to talk about uh, Star Trek Picard, season one, episode eight, Broken Pieces. Broken pieces. <laughs> Let's all be Oprah saying the name of the episode. I thought it was a little bit more Rip, Rip Season Taylor. one, episode eight, Broken Pieces. <laughs> yeah, it went back to Rip Taylor. I just threw confetti everywhere. Well, okay. Let me just try to think. Where were we last? I don't remember what we were doing last. Hey. Meaning like what? Where did the, do you want to where, play the where did it previously us? on? No, because that. <laughs> all right, I know that we're gonna we're gonna open here. I mean, we're gonna open here with kay. Commodore O. Okay, and her little Jat Vash trial. Yeah. Riddle of the eightfold stars. What they found was a storehouse of preserved memories that showed them the grim fate of the civilization that perished here long ago we still do not know the name of the mighty race who left behind this object this admonition warning us of the horror and annihilation that came from the skies when our foremothers first endured the admonition i was really hoping that someone would write in to tell me that that romulans can totally mind meld but no one wrote in to tell me that is that true i don't know I just assume it isn't, because that's what my brain tells me. But I was just hoping someone out there would do the due diligence. We, the Jat Vash, were born. For hundreds of years since, we have worked in shadow to prevent a second coming of the Destroyers. It is this dreaded work that you must now carry on what you are about to experience will drive some of you mad but those of you who endure I'm still a little unclear as to why this drives people mad yeah uh, it doesn't I mean unless they're less it's just like, so horrible like, the thing it, that happens yeah but like is it though 
Have none of these people seen Independence Day? <laughs> it do, it is interesting that these people must have seen uh, you know genocides and all sorts of terrible things. I so mean, they're already Romulans. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it does drive people mad. Some people bash their heads in with rocks. Some people shoot themselves in the head. Uh, Peyton List's character, uh, Nerissa, uh, she uh, she's fine. How? I gotta say, I think it's a pretty good British accent, but I'm not what British. On the world the humans call Mars. <laughs> Auntie? Auntie. So, this is uh, Ramda, it turns out, is her aunt. And uh, we get a little bit of uh, what I would call a humanization of Nerissa, the uh, twirly mustache uh, villain of the series. I think it's amazing. I think it's good. I, I'm happy to get it. I'll take it. I uh, I love this whole opening. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is an example because I know you've been you've of had the flashbacks. You've had issues with the, with the flashbacks. This is an example of the flashback where it's gripping. It's relevant. It it to me it's forward momentum. Even though you're going back in the past, it adds depth to the Nerissa character. And um, and just all the, and then this scene that you're about to go into with her at her bedside. I'll tell you what's different about so. this flashback from other flashbacks, Andy, is that I think what we come out of uh, in the flashback immediately flows into the story, right? Which is the difference between this flashback and every other flashback we saw. It's also really just well done. <laughs> it's like usually the flashbacks are like, here you go. Right. Now put that in your pocket and save it for later. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> this one's like, here's what's happening. Yeah, it's it's seamless. You just you just you just are right into the story and it all makes sense. Also, um it's kind of hard, particularly in a sci-fi context to sell exactly what Matt was kind of picking at, which is like this is what it, what they see is so terrible and like and just like the way that they're bashing their heads in and shooting themselves and just like it's so upsetting the way that it's shot. Yeah, it's pretty it's really effective. Uh, really makes you be like, oh yeah, I can understand why all these people would go insane or or you know, it was fun. betray people. Taking in Narek and me after our parents died. Shin madness, submitting himself for admonishment. your mind you certainly did it with panache breaking a borg cube and the sheer force of your despair so no one in the history of civilization yeah that borg have assimilated countless civilizations countless worlds we're told in, in best of both worlds or no i believe that line is in first contact uh no one was as sad as ramda <laughs> it's just like what that is it's you ridiculous. really justified a lot of self-pity if it's you do really that. It's so I'm just like, broke oh, a cube yeah okay uh-huh no one else huh nope <laughs> the wrong tell she asked ship to assimilate that day they ought to have picked mine i'd have made a much better book than you resistance is futile But Why does she say that? She's saying she catchphrase. Comfort her, her aunt, who is probably pretty traumatized by it. She's, she resists it's futile. <laughs> she, looks, she looks down on them. 
Sure. Uh, She's not scared. She's seen the worst thing ever. Well, I've seen the worst thing ever, Andy. Have you? And it's... it's the early episodes of this season. Uh, now, here we go. You, so... I didn't realize until this episode that the uh, little card, the little SOS thing he hits, was hanging under Hugh's desk. Oh. So it was Hugh. I didn't realize that either. And that's why Seven is looking for Hugh. Oh. Is that established? Uh, Yes. Hmm. If you pay attention, it is established, which Hmm. I had time to do finally. So always nice to see Seven kicking ass. Yes, even though I accept all the criticisms of her character in this. In this episode? You? No, in the series. What is happening on this cube? I mean, look, 20, 20 years does a lot to a person. It's true. She's it's gone a through a lot. I don't know why we allow this for her and not for Picard. It is a very interesting thing. To me, this is it makes sense as a projection. This feels like a, a you made a progression. A, well, a projection of where she was from the last time, mm-hmm. last time we saw her, like the the having been through all the stuff she'd been through, and then regaining her her humanity, then to experience all the trauma she experienced. Yeah, I don't know. It makes sense to me, and I guess you could argue the same thing for Picard. And it really, it, for me, it always comes back to: I don't say that you. It doesn't make sense the way Picard en- has ended up. I'm saying, why make that choice? Uh, why make the choice to to make him to make ineffectual, him ineffectual and and not the central to the to the to the plot? Well, according to our emailer, yeah, that that adds up with all good things. Yeah, yeah. but does it? I don't know. I've got to really ponder that one. Uh, so, did we pass the titles there? We did. Yeah. What do you mm-hmm. want to know about them? Uh, I don't want to know anything about him. I just want to. We we've discussed it uh, at length before, but our uh, good friend uh, Cosmo Moore sent um, um, uh, at Trek Culture did this very nice cut down of the Inner Light theme uh, against the the uh, the uh, Star Trek Picard theme, and I thought it was of interest, so I thought I would play it. Mm-hmm. He loves playing. He's quite good at it, don't you think? Well, he loves doing a lot of things. Last week, all he wanted to do was be a botanist. Week before that, a sculptor. Wish he could find some focus in his life. Maybe you should talk to him. That's I. So it's almost exactly that opening is the same. Yeah, if you watch the first episode of uh, The Ready Room, the Will Wheaton sort of after show they're doing, uh, the composer's interview talks about the uh, use of the theme and how he uh, used it. And... uh, the fact that, the, sadly, the uh, r- flute is not real. He wishes it was. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, we don't have to uh, play the Indie Theory theme, because this is really just a thought that I had. 
I hope this doesn't turn into some kind of Picard waking up from a fantasy kind of a thing. Although, frankly, I would take the him waking up and suddenly he's the Picard we want him to be. But You mean he wakes up, he's in uniform? Something like that. That would be <laughs> atrocious. It would be the worst. I would but, not forgive it. But, uh, frankly, I would be happy to be like, oh, okay, all right, then, all right just ignore those other episodes. <laughs> I mean, look, I, again, I want to see it as the whole. I'm right. See the whole. Well, you'll get your chance very soon. Very buddy. soon. Two weeks. Thank God. Uh, secure subspace link. So Rios sees uh, Sa Soji and uh, subspace gets very confused. He doozities. That's what he says in the show. Yep, and you're like, well, oh man, I am confused. He doozities. I, I when I saw when I saw this, I was like, oh man. She's she he knows her from something else. What a convenient plot thread. <laughs> I, I will say, but I didn't mind it when it all played out. I was like, okay. I feel like all the other turns like that in the show have been very ham-handed, and this one, it felt like you could feel the emotion. Obviously, you knew it was heading in some direction that, that it headed, but the the particulars of how it played out, with it being the captain that that uh knocked her off <laughs> to use a mob term for some reason um as opposed to her killing the captain which is what i thought it would be um was surprising to me there's an awful lot of suicide in this show there is it's very strange i agree with that unless picard's gonna get so his ailment's gonna overtake him by season two or three or whatever and he decides to off himself like it's like i mean maybe he'll Consider it. I can't imagine they would let him do that. Who knows? He is 12. But after that, you're on your own, Picard. I'm done. You said you'd take me home. Yes, and I will. But we face a power... I guess it's intentional misdirection to make us think that. Without support. To make us think what? To make us think that she killed the captain in that moment, because it seems like he's more afraid and, and upset at her. Rather than mm, that did not occur to me when I watched it. What did you think happened? I just was like, oh, he knows her from something. Oh, that's I wasn't it. even putting in his backstory into it, really. Oh, I knew something terrible happened. Look, you have no choice but to trust me. And I, I know that would make me angry, too, but I understand. Let me find you a cabin. Hi. Nice hover hand lead over. Yeah, he's not touching her. He doesn't want to give her coronavirus. Or... Well, yeah, maybe he's practicing social distancing. <laughs> oh, Picard, you've done it. Rafi. Soji. Soji. I'm sorry, but your new best friend, Jean-Luc, already brought us one adorable little homicidal double agent. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about how big a fool you really are. Yeah, come. I'm sorry about her rudeness. Rafi! A neuron. But like, what? This turn, for me, felt like, what? From her? from Raffi. Yeah. Didn't it seem a little extreme ag- aggressive? Yes, but he uh, but this is we're also going back to the Picard thing, him saying forgive her rudeness. That doesn't feel like Picard either. He would have handled that in a more diplomatic way. Oh, I I actually thought that that did feel like Picard. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We're at an impasse here, guys. We really are. All right, that's the end of the show. Show's <laughs> over. <laughs> 
All you know about her. You built this whole giant fantasy of, of rescue and sacrifice and redemption out of one pissant little neuron. Now, you put that away. I'll be prepared. She's also right. Use it on me. Agnes Girardi had a tracking isotope in her blood. She's a Romulan spy. Fact or theory? Theory. Come. We think she killed Bruce Maddox. Who is we? She injected herself with a hydrogen compound. She was trying to destabilize the viridium tracker already present in her system. And as soon as she did, we shook our Tal Shiar tail. Fact. Remember the viridium tracker, Andy? Mm-hmm. From Star Trek VI? Oh, no, I don't. Uh, remember when they're going to die, like they're out there in the, in the, will, in the, in the cold of Ruripente? Sure. And uh, Bones goes, just leave me. I'm finished. And then Kirk goes, Spock slapped a viridium tracker on my uniform just before we beamed over. And then McCoy goes, a cutting little Vulcan. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. So I'll come back to me. There you go. To say that she's a Tal Shiar agent? Maybe she didn't know about the Viridium until you picked up the tail. Maybe. Or maybe they put her on this ship to kill Bruce Maddox. Right after they got done killing Soji's sister. Tell me about Maddox. His injuries need not have been fatal. She deactivated me. Mm-hmm. Then she turned off the hematic micro-repair unit that was stabilizing his cardiovascular function. She was in distress. Oh, I, I told you it was careless to bring her along. Now you're telling us that we need to trust the synth girl too? Tell me, JL, what is Soji really like? Hmm? Do you know? Does she? I could have, I could have, I, I would have done this scene without the threatening to kill her with the phaser situation. Yeah, that's fair. You know what I mean? I think this scene does everything you need it to do without yeah. that. And it's also like, what the fuck is she going to do? So we've seen what Soji can do. Well, just, yes, I guess that's true. So it's an empty, yeah, it's an empty very threat. empty threat. But theoretically, has she seen what Soji can do? Uh, Raffi? Yeah. No. So theoretically, she's just like, well, I know she's a powerful, fast android, so I'm going to need this phaser. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Where are you going, Rafi? To tell Rios I was right about Gerardi. See if it feels any better to rub his face in it. That's a hell of a report. Um. All right. So, Admiral Clancy's back. Mm-hmm. Talking to Picard. She sure is. Who seems to have filed an entire report about what just happened. Why does he choose now? Yes, let's hear it. Okay. No, no, I hear you. I'm I'm just saying, why does he choose now to go back to Starfleet? Because it, 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 he... To trust Starfleet again. The danger... The danger of the situation... With the Romulans and whatnot. And he needs a new plan. He just talked to Riker. He's like, you should contact Starfleet. Yeah. So he gets that plan from... And I I, I, I agree with it in a way. Explain. Like, if you know... This 
Yes. Or rather, if he be- if he believes, if the character of Picard believes that this was all subterfuge or whatever, yeah, then he must then believe that Starfleet was tricked into this. So he is contacting her. He must still trust Clancy on some level. Mm-hmm. And he's contacting her and laying it all out for her. Mm-hmm. But why does he trust her? He knows there are spies inside Starfleet. Aeromonic syndrome? <laughs> That's it. It seems like a mistake. No, but like I would have done it too. I don't know if I would have called her. I might have called like... Uh, some LaForge or right. Warf or yeah, something. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. But, you know, we're not paying them to be in this episode, so they're not. <laughs> thought I was a desperate old man, quixotic, paranoid, possibly senile. Let's just leave it at quixotic. And now the windmills have turned out to be giants. You want an apology? I want a squadron. Jean-Luc? Clancy. Out there in the vibe system, right now. I did I enjoyed her swear in this one. Okay. Beings who have as much right to life and liberty as you and I, or Commander Data, are being hunted down by an enemy who seeks to exterminate them. Jean-Luc! No, Clancy, if you say this is not a job for Starfleet, then I'm sorry, but you are a waste of space. Admiral Picard, with all due respect, and at long last, shut the fuck up. I'm sending a squadron to rendezvous with you at DS-12. Now stay put until they get there. Side note. Yes. I um, liked it. I, that felt very like Picardigan to me. Picardigan. Yeah. It felt like this, you're saying. This felt like, and also like his reaction there. I really enjoyed Isn't the clapping the least Picardy thing? <laughs> no. Cause to me, this feels like he's back in the saddle. He, it does feel like he's back in the saddle, but he didn't. He was never out of the saddle in TNG. So that no, him, but he's been out of the saddle for seven fucking episodes. I had to watch him out of a saddle, and he well, finally got into. Well, saddle. then I don't know that I would say it feels like Picard. It does feel like it, he's he's representing what we feel in that moment, which is oh, okay, he's gonna act. I like gotta, I again. gotta think that somewhere in here, in his, in the character's being, yeah. he feels that he's been off his game. Yes, no, I think and that's. I think that this is a natural reaction. I think that is clearly of like a person a rising theme, and I think he he even says something about being useful in this episode or the mm-hmm. previous episode. So he definitely he definitely is aware of it, um, and I do like it here. I just you know he's just saying you know I need a you know, and she's frankly she already she already decided to give it to him. Which is why she said shut the fuck up. I know, but he and, didn't. And also, which was he different didn't from do the first anything then in this them, scene. What was different from the first conversation with them is she called him Admiral Picard. Yes, but which he I didn't, really liked that touch. Yes, I agree. He didn't do anything in this scene. His speech accomplished nothing because she was already sending it. No, no. His speech, which we missed the entire report. Uh-huh. He files a report. Like, we come into this mid conversation, we don't start this okay. at the start of the conversation. So you're saying she signaled them to leave before we no 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 i'm saying she's makes she makes up her mind off screen like she has made up her mind before because then this scene starts with him going so you see admiral i wasn't a doddering old fool he's just laid it out and she is going to send a squadron to him but he will not stop talking mm-hmm. which is why she says, says the shut the fuck up line. so how are you seeing that she when she made the decision to send them was she he started to talk and then she signaled somebody and then he kept talking and then that's I don't when think we come she in. signaled anybody i think isn't she, she saying that it's already on its way 
Oh, is she? Okay, then she signaled some. I don't know. Then she issued the orders. Maybe she issued the orders uh, on her little pad in front of her. Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. That's the problem here? Andy, there's so many more problems than that. Well, I guess the question is whether she's... You wanted to hear the whole report? You want to hear the plot again for the 900th time in this episode? I guess I'm not sure if she sort of had information about what was amassing independent of Picard. I don't think she did. Okay. Not in Starbase 12. Oh, well, maybe. Maybe she did in, like, she sensed, like... She sensed. <laughs> Federation <laughs> sensors picked up, like, Romulan ships moving into that that's sector. What, that's what I was wondering. But they're not going there, are they? They're going to the cube. No, no, they're going to D Space 12. No. To rendezvous at D Space 12. They're not going to the planet that's in the middle of the eight stars. Mm hmm. Okay. That's separate. No, no, I know that. But the, where they were going to the cube, though, don't the don't the, the Starfleet have? Are they going to the cube? Scanners no. on. Well, they're going the cube. They're going to the closest star base to the cube. <laughs> okay. D Space Twelve. Okay, that's the nearest star base. Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know. I really don't know either. either. I was just basically trying to establish about? whether Admiral Clancy had enough information to. To basically send the squadron out independent of what Picard was telling her. I also uh, question whether uh, in the future, when everybody's in space, if waste of space would be a a common terminology. (laughs) Might even be more common. What do you think? That's true. You're a waste of all the space we're constantly in. (laughs) Uh, Do you think it's crazy that she doesn't know that that's not Rios? Had a tracker inside Soldierati, and it looks like. She killed Bruce Maddox. Well, that's bad news. Uh, yeah. Unless you like giant, all-encompassing, paranoid conspiracy theories, then it's, you know, kind of awesome. You know, in a horrible way. In bad situations, it's so important to try and find something positive. God damn it. Which one are you? Navigation. E-N-H. Call me Enoch. Where is Rios? After he laid in the course for Deep Space 12, he activated us holograms and went to his quarters. Did he tell you why he got so freaked out by that girl? No, but... (laughs) He said if I kept smiling at him, he would punch me in the face. Let me see if I can identify her for you. Like this. I like how the EMHs, the emergency holograms, are handled in this episode. Yeah, what do you think of the whole let's put it together cyst like scene in the in the holodeck? I mean in the in the ready room that with all the, the yeah. emergency holograms. I enjoyed it. It's such a it, actually uh, that seemed like more of like an example of Rafi using her her skills to piece it together. But she doesn't piece anything together. She figures out what happened, doesn't she? No. She has to get that information from Rios. Oh yeah, that's right. She doesn't do anything in that scene. I guess basically she just figures out enough to go like, okay, something bad went down and I have to confront him as opposed yeah. to just let it lie. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 like the tonal shift was like kind of wild, right? Like it just felt like, oh, okay, I guess we're here now. We're doing this. We got this. We got, uh, we got some strings being plucked. It's right. a jaunty situation. <laughs> um, all right. I like that. I like that Nerissa knows Seven. Why didn't you go with them? Why don't they have some history? Can't me. I found a cause even more lost than his. I want to read that novelization. Which one? Nerissa versus Seven. 
Mm, I don't think we have to read it. I think we're going to see it. No, that, we, yeah, we the also see it. it. feels like they have some history, is my point. She used to visit sometimes. I can explain or I can steal this cube. Uh, so they're in the Borg Queen chambers. I thought this was pretty bitchin'. Yes, I thought it was very cool. I didn't. I didn't. I, I thought. I, I don't know. Although I was curious, it was shot. I, I, I don't know how clear everything was. Couldn't Seven, if this is, couldn't Seven have stolen this cube at any point and saved the XBs? Well, she didn't need to save them. Uh huh. They weren't. There was no immediate danger because Hugh was there, right? And he was actually trying to. You know, there's so many XBs that are still Borg. Yeah. You know, in that chamber. I don't know how many they got through, really. Can you explain to me why Narissa goes into the room and kills all those XBs if, in the end, they're just going to shoot them all out of the out into space? She I just think they're... Taking care of, I like, stray that, ones? Or is that, that the control room or something? I think they're, like... Those are interior spaces. I see. That won't be open to the vacuum of space. Gotcha. That's my sort of guess. And it's not clearly said. Can they be gassed? Electrocuted. But also, like, go- by the way, here's something I'd like to say for the record. Okay. Borg, Borg, Borg can survive in space. Oh, can they? They don't. Oh, yeah. They, they were on need, the. In first contact. They don't they need the- an atmosphere or air. Yeah. So this whole, like, let's shove them into space. I assume that in the next time we see them or the episode, whatever, they'll have been beamed back in. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't, it doesn't, her reaction to them going into space doesn't imply what you are saying. I know, which is also like, what's happening? Why don't Borg work outside no mores? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I'll need this one too. Come. She's back to being a twirly villain. But uh, yeah, but I did really enjoy now she's her got a heart of gold. <laughs> but here's the thing. Let me say this. Yeah, turn this uh, down. We'll keep um, talking here. Yeah, she's because uh, I know the argument's going to be. Uh, see, they reveal depth, and therefore she's not just a cartoony villain. Um, and I definitely agree that, like, now looking at the backstory and it's a it's a fine layer of paint. It doesn't do anything to the fact that she's just been a twirly mustache villain. The well, I still time. feel like you also have to connect the dots between the thing we said saw and how she became this. But but I do think that's like, oh, I I'm more on board. I see her perspective more. I'm you know, there's more depth to it. Um, I guess my point is about the series in general, and it applies to the Picard character too. You can't just say. At the end, I'm going to make all the characterization you saw good. You have to have the characterization be good when you're watching it. So you have to like establish this character as someone who we're like we already are like on board with, and are like we're not thinking she's a cartoony villain. We're thinking like you know maybe we don't agree with their choices, but it's like oh this character really makes sense in this plot and is organic and and is interesting, and then reveal another layer that that shows even more depth. But it was cartoony villain that then. Then you know adds depth to her later, and that's not it's not functional. In my I mean, opinion. it's kind of like um, when people try to put a backstory on the Joker, right? It's always like, does this really do anything for me? Does this help at all? No, the Joker's the Joker. That's well, 
I mean, and but also like this isn't like some trauma she's gone through. This isn't like how she became a twirly mustache villain. All this is is like I think they're implying she also still has family. They're implying that it is. I think they're implying that she went through this and then it it turned her. But it's just but again, it's hard with her being bad. cocky. They're huh? not. They don't think they're like all villains, I suppose. But she thinks that she's doing the altruistic thing. She thinks she's saving the galaxy. Yeah. She thinks she's saving the the universe from annihilation. I definitely find her much more palatable now and and much more interesting a character, and I think that was their intention. I don't know that the dots have been connected, and maybe more will be. Who knows? Mm. Did you... Uh, I enjoyed this little... You don't know what it's like to have this vacuum inside of you, Picard. To have someone ask if you like eggs and have no idea if the answer is coming from you or your instruction set. You're right. I don't know what that's like. I can only try and imagine it. Your memories, your history, to you, feel like incidents you heard about. Something that happened to someone else. Yes. You feel that you don't have a past anymore. Because I don't. Oh, that's not true. You have a past. You have a story. Just waiting to be claimed. You're talking about data. Among other things, yes. All right. Tell me about data. What was he like? Well, data was brave curious very gentle he had a child's wisdom unclouded by habit or bias he made us all laugh except when he was trying to make us laugh and you loved him I uh... yes in my way did he love you? Data's capacity for expressing and processing emotion was limited. I suppose we had that in common. If I could see you with his eyes, with his memories, what would I see? How would I know that? What do you hope I would see? How do you wish he would remember you? You mean if he had survived me rather than the other way around? I hope he would remember Jean-Luc Picard as someone who believed in him, who believed in his potential, celebrated his successes, counseled him when he fell short. Helped him if he needed help, and if he didn't need it, got out of his way. Words to that effect. So, yeah. The things that... I really like the scene. Um, I really like the the heart-to-heart. I like the the acting. I like the writing. I think I was a little bit thrown by, did you love him? I, uh, yes, in my way. What threw you about that? I mean, it seems like Picard would have been comfortable with saying that he loved 
this Picard, right? Yeah. But now that he's back to being himself, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like that for me felt like something TNG's Picard would say. Right. Because that Picard was not secure with his emotion. Right. Good point. Good and, point. And would not have saved the Captain Picard Day banner. Right. That's that's a really good point. Yes, that that Picard would have been like, um, I can't, I don't really want to say that I love yes. him. I'm, I'm, I have great respect for him. Absolutely. That's why this, and this one. That's why like, where's this, this come from? Felt finally like the character, you know. And I think this episode, I think that a lot of his dialogue, I think, is really well done in this episode. But now it's weird, though. Exa- They've established. I know. I know. It's almost like if we saw this... And Data's capacity for expressing and processing emotion was limited. I suppose we had that in common. It's like, yeah, but that's not who we're, you're saying you are now, or the show is. Um, if anything, you show too not much what, emotion. That's, Basically, not, that's it, not what the show was saying. It's right. correct, but that is... It's I think what, what fast worked and loose for with me, which version they're talking about. Well, I think but that work with the progression that we've seen in this 10 episodes you know in the 8 episodes we've seen so far and I think what helped that quite a bit was the episode we just had uh, Nepenthe where he goes to Counselor Troy and Riker and they both remind him to be himself they that's both that's someone honestly, cut off I, from emotion <laughs> well in a way they're saying be Jean-Luc Picard yeah but they don't be mean the person you know I know they on the surface they don't mean that but what makes Jean-Luc Picard such an effective captain and leader you know Mm. I think for them it's the whole package Uh and I think they're aware of that package and and I'm not saying that they're saying cut yourself off from emotion I think they're saying what are you doing just get back to being you I mean uh, I agree with the, that that is what they're saying. I just feel like you're slicing it thin if you're saying that that part of the thing is be a great leader, be diplomatic, be ha, see all the angles, um, be calm in the in the heat of battle, come up with great solutions. And we also mean that if that means being emotionless and socially awkward uh, and cut off from your emotions the way you were before, then do that. That feels like that's slicing it thin to it me. It feels like you laid it out exactly how it is. I understand that that's what it's doing. I guess I just don't. That, to me, is not the Picard <laughs> that they were asking him to be. And so I, for them, I, I to, the show to suddenly I think say... they were asking for that. I think those characters were asking The that. characteristics I said first they were asking for, the characteristics about the emotion I don't think I they think were asking all, for. I think it all comes together. I think it's all in the same package, especially when you're dealing with a fucking android. You know what I mean? I think they're very aware of the situation. And maybe I'm giving too much credit to the writing of Nepenthe, but for me, that felt like you need to relate to this person in a way that they're gonna find relatable you need to be Jean-Luc Picard you need to be the the diplomat the leader the 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 person who doesn't get too attached the person who you know because of your emotional uh closed off uh ness you I think that does add to his sort of abilities to be himself I think when you're saying be Cat and Picard, you're saying be Cat and Picard. You're not saying be Cat and Picard, except for the emotional maturity. You now have that. Use that also. I just don't buy that Troy, of all people, would be advising anyone to be less in touch with their emotions. And Picard was not... Disagree. Picard was not... This is the other thing. I think in times of trouble, 
Picard was in touch with his emotions. I think you have the the Borg stuff, and obviously that was traumatized him and 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 messed him up a bit. But I, I feel like he was intuitively emotionally intuitive. I disagree. I think we often see him being. Yeah, I understand. Hard. I understand like, what you're saying. There's not, there's both sides. I'm saying not being able to process it and not being able to deal with it and 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 deliberately distancing himself. But I feel from like emotions. that's mostly in like stuff like Troy's mom and like socially awkward situations. I feel like when the chips were down, Picard is able to interact and understand what was going on with this crew and himself, and admit it. Admit so, what? I don't know. Whatever was going on with him mm. emotionally. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, it's weird that the few episodes I'm sort of thinking of are, are six, season six and seven. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, maybe there's information so, that I don't have yet. You know, I think that's. I can hear you rocking back and forth. Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> I rock when I think. Um, but I think. I guess what I'm saying. We'll leave it at this. I feel like they were saying be, be the old Picard, and I feel like what we're getting in this episode is him being the old Picard, and I'm talking about the entire package of the old Picard. Uh, but the other stuff that I mentioned, this is my problem with the episode, even though I I love this episode, just to be clear, and I think there's so many things that are great about it and fun and effective. Um, but the thing that bothers me about it is I feel like he doesn't still he still doesn't show any of the other things that are be kept in Picard it doesn't show any of the other things any of the other traits oh, uh, competence and I disagree alright well I think you're, I think you're it, putting so a lot into the your... you're putting a lot into him sitting down and not knowing how to use three dimensional controls for a starship because mm-hmm. he's so used to an Elkar's display mm-hmm. I think you're, you're that's sort of I think that's breaking your brain with him a little bit I don't think it's breaking my brain I think that's a valid point I'm open to you pointing out other things that are that that Oh, I prove I, the point. I think that he wouldn't know how to use that. That's fine. What is he doing that makes him acting like Pat that fucking speech at the end? That speech at the end where he talks about the the future and what happened with these people's past, this race of beings to that, the crew. That speech was just pure Picard. All right, to well, me. we'll get to it. That this all like every so far, I think everything that he has done so far for me has been very Picard like. Uh, you know, man, I'll give you the maybe not clapping <laughs> when you <laughs> when you have finished uh, talking to an admiral uh, and getting some ships. I think uh, I think that beyond that, everything felt right to me. Uh, so Rios is. Uh, in his uh, sad little uh, quarters here, pulls uh, his footlocker out. He's got uh, his Starfleet uniform, which I liked seeing. It was and, really cool uh, looking. The Ibn, uh, the Is Ibn, that the same the Ibn one? The looks very... Voyagery? No, it looks oh, sovereign classy. enterprise oh, Okay. Uh, but it isn't. Um, but it does look very sovereign classy. It's got that sort of... That outline with the elongated saucer section, the uh, Voyager had an elongated saucer section. Yeah, but Voyager didn't have warp nacelles that were fucking twice as long as a ship. Okay, that's what the Sovereign class had, Andy. <laughs> I was wrong to question you. How <laughs> on this dare issue. you question me in my starship design? <laughs> um, 
So what I thought was a nice touch here was he yeah. had not only his pips in there, but he had his captain's pips in there too. Mm. In the cigar box, in the Romeo and Julietas. I don't know why I'm playing it. There's no, there's literally no sound. Uh, change t-shirts in the future. How do you change t-shirts in the future? They haven't changed t-shirts in the future. Oh, no, they never will. Why would they? I don't know. They're perfect. T-shirts you would, are you would hate it, huh? Maybe they do something. Maybe they're self-applying. Or, I mean, if you think about the fact that like... Or they, they wick away dirt or something like that. We've only had sneakers for like 70 years and yeah. still Chuck Taylors them. are exactly the same. Right. You know what I mean? It's like some things are timeless. T-shirts are timeless. That's fair. Neckties. I feel like people, you know, we had a sort of we had this discussion, right? Yeah. When we were talking about them dressing up like pimps. Yeah. <laughs> Neckties. I feel like you just they're just always we're gonna be stuck with them. We're stuck with them forever now. <laughs> uh, so unclear if he was a lieutenant commander or a commander. I couldn't quite tell from that. Uh, all right. So here's seven of nine and uh, Elnor. Could reactivate, reconnect our transceivers. Create a kind of micro collective of just the Borg on this cube. Coordinate their movements, deploy them against the Romulan troops. That sounds amazing. Do that. Assimilate them, invade their minds, suppress their identities, enslave them again. You can release them when we win. They won't want to be released, and I'm. I might not want to release them. This was awesome. And that's a fucking, that's an act, act ender. Good job, guys. This. All right. Now we go off on that act ender. We come back to plucky strings and a lot of fun. <laughs> this really Absurd bugged you, huh? spectacle I see before me are five broken pieces of Captain Rios. It's like you each got dealt a whole card. How about you turn them over? Hmm? Sit up. Oh, I can Maggie to raise him. Let's start with the girl. Um, Ian, you called her Jana. You said you recognized her. I did. I do. I do too. Huh? Yes, Jana, poor thing. It was just so tragic. I. No. Oh, sorry. It's like my knowledge of Medusan astrogation techniques totally gone. It's something to do with his time on the Ibn Majid with his captain. Aye. Which one is that? Alonso Vandemir. I believe that was the, the hospitality, hospitality one. Yeah. Were they close? Is he alive? It's a. I want a hospitality hologram. Ah. Fix me snacks. Somewhere I can. Feel you can it. become your own hospitality program. Ugh, well, now that, a lot now of work. That. I guess I'm going to have to now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, have to become all of my holograms. Discharged. <laughs> um, whole thing? What whole thing? <sighs> Something happened on the Ibn Majid. Something that had to do with Vandermeer and a girl named Jenna. Don't bother searching for ship's logs or personal records on the Ibn Majid. Why? It was all classified. Because? Oh, oh come on. One of you knows. What happened? On the Ibn Majid. One of us knows. Seifu's a pipe and an off you off the fang. <laughs> so true, Ian. I mean... That was funny. It's not even a language. That's funny, too. 
Yeah, I'm not disputing that. Oh, I thought you you didn't you thought this this scene was too broad or something. No, it just felt a little out of place because it was so light. Um, that's the kind of tonal shift that I would accept because they, they also they organically set up all these people and they're always a this little show bit comedic. Hasn't earned it. Um, that's because they have never done it before. They've not really they, had the light. Well, they have a little in freak when they go to Free Cloud. There's a little bit of a light. Yeah, and that didn't work. But I, but I, I would argue that it worked for me anyway here because we've seen all these characters and they've always been a little bit comedic. So it makes sense that if you brought them all yeah. in the same room, you'd have I fully comedic. I thought scene. the scene was good. I liked the yeah. scene, and I, I like the I idea that she's trying to piece it together and a little out of place, little different pieces of of Rios. Mm-hmm. So I dig it. Trilized the viridium, if that's what you mean. In Star Trek Six, no they had a viridium tracker. Put me back under. I'm bored by you. <laughs> when we arrive, you will surrender yourself to the authorities for the murder of Bruce Maddox. That this feels Bacardi as well. I agree with you here. I have been trying to work it out. How you could have done such a thing. He was your mentor. Your Lover. Hmm. <laughs> Eyebrows. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Great performance by Allison Pill. Yeah, too. When Commodore O came to find me that day, she she did something to me, poisoned me. So the head of Starfleet Security had you ingest a Viridium Tracker? Yes. But that's not what I'm talking about. She put poison in my mind, Picard. She put her hands on my head and poured in. By the way, she's... (laughs) What... Part of O thought this scientist lady will be able to handle this. Will not kill herself immediately. Yeah. Or maybe she tries this constantly, and there's a trail of blood around her. Could be. Or maybe she's able to somehow control it because it's coming from her mind, and it's a mind meld. Yeah. But did she give her the data turning into the android thing, or was that where did that come from? You know, in the you know the flash of data that turns into the AI. Yeah. <laughs> She put in a psychic block to keep me from talking about it. Ah, you must fight. I don't want to talk about it. Do you believe in hell? Yeah, neither did I. Until I saw it. Now, I think about suicide every day. More suicide. Well, now it's very prevalent Mm. in the series. Was this experience, this vision of O's, one that she lived through herself? No, no. It happened. Thousands of centuries ago. I mean, you see how... Because of... I mean, just the, the wild... Uh, how wild it is that these idiot Romulans would be like this happened to them so we gotta we gotta make sure it doesn't happen to us and the only way to do that is to destroy all AI sentient life forms 
but not ever make an attempt on data <laughs> that, that he lived for so long yes and also like you know he he's in the fucking turbo lift with a tall shiar agent right just him and and admiral to paul to whatever the fuck her name is remember in data's day oh when she is impersonating a vulcan ambassador but she's really a tall shiar member oh wow <laughs> yeah i don't know and it's like you don't do that <laughs> now to be clear you're a human with with a very pale skin correct uh, and green eyes no i'm an android all right. Well, um, I'll confirm that later. Hubris. Hubris like... Uh, FYI, uh, the internet, uh, what I'm looking at is inconclusive, but it sounds like they're saying Romulans don't have telepathy. To... And then yeah. in a novelization, Vulcan's soul, um, the Romulans rejected the telepathy of the Vulcans and slaughtered uh, or enslaved the telepathic So she ones. is Vulcan then. Commodore O is half, yes. half Vulcan, half uh, Romulan. Romulan. Yeah. Where is that established? I think they say it at some point in this. I don't ever remember hearing that. If it's in my head, then it must have existed because it's because uh, I don't remember anything. <laughs> I don't look it up. It must be in there then. It's true you hey. don't. Oh yeah. The coming of Sebshineb, the destroyer. Me. She's a she's a Romulan Vulcan hybrid. <laughs> okay, where does it say that? You know where like, it says it. No, but what's the reference point? Because uh, it would be worded in a way that would tell us exactly where it was said. I think it was in this episode. Oh, okay. It, it may, I don't know. It might have been. In, well, I guess it wouldn't. Might have been in that scene we were just in. No. No. Uh, do you like that she calls a record player a Walkman? Uh, n- n- no. <laughs> I didn't mind it. Uh, that is Walkman. I used to pretend he was my father. Called him pops in my head. A couple of times it almost slipped down. Kind of a surprise when he turned out to be a cold-blooded murderer. Who? Who did he murder? Do you sleep? Every night? You sleep every night. My God. Do you eat? When I'm hungry. What do you do when you're sad? Cry. Thirsty? Do you eat when you're when I'm hungry? Is I think almost word for word out of Superman. I mean, just feels like the natural line of questioning. What would you have written? I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying it's interesting. It's a different. It's a it's a similar discussion. That is so beautiful. We're way the hell out in the right sector. Uh, I like the intercutting here. Yeah, I agree. I think it's effective. Tiny ship. Unknown design. Two passengers. We scanned them, they checked out. We sent the info. Shaban wrote this by himself also. I wonder if that has something to do with the the, the change. 
I don't know. Isn't he sole credited on like a bunch of them? Yeah, maybe. And his young protege. Jana. You have a constellation of three beauty marks on your right cheek. Which is a good thing? Which is artistry. Nunyan Sung, who made Data, thought of himself as an artist, but he never gave Data three beauty marks. I was of a look at this. Look at this turn for Alison Pill. <laughs> you are a wonder. Uh, I, I, she's doing great. Technological masterpiece and work of art. Series. We shake hands. We sit down. Have a bite to eat. A few hours later, Alonzo Vandermeer kills them both in cold blood. Takes them both out with two quick pops on the phaser. Why? Am I a person? Not in theory. To you, right now, looking at me, talking to me. Do you consider me to be a person like you? It was a black flag directive, straight from Starfleet security. He told me, they said, if he disobeyed, the Ibn Majid would be destroyed with all hands. What? I went at him hard. Pretty hard. when he put the phaser in his mouth and pulled the trigger. Oh, Chris. It's a phaser. Why do you have to put it in his mouth? I was just wondering, man. <laughs> and like he was supposed to do. So it will not be for nothing. So they wouldn't blow up the Ibn Majid and everyone on it. Beamed the bodies into space, deleted it from the transporter lock. Let the whole fleet know that Alonzo Vandermeer had killed himself for no fucking reason at all. <laughs> Six months later, I was out of Starfleet. They called it a post-traumatic dysphoria. Where I was just broken. That's why they had to die. She should be like, what? <laughs> Who gave the order? Who's the other one? Did we establish that? Beautiful flower? No. Unestablished. Male. I wonder if it's data. Or some data version. Like a like a thing that looks like data, maybe. Because it's drawing. But also like... Data likes art. Who in Starfleet doesn't know what data looks like? Yeah, I guess that doesn't add up. Commodore Maybe he's wearing a mustache. Oh, you'd never <laughs> see past that. Especially if he had glasses on top of the mustache. <laughs> oh, boy. He's doing one of his uh, character accents. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Oops, sorry. Who gave the order? Commodore O ordered you to kill me, too. I would never give you the opportunity. Now that I've met you, I would never take it. Never. 
even, even though I've seen you create hell in my head. Unless you're Bruce Maddox. <laughs> then I'd for sure right. kill you. Uh, then we bounce back over to the, to the cube, and she's going crazy, killing people with fe- with disruptors. It's pretty cool. I think it's weird that the disruptor fried. Like it, you can't have been shooting it that much. Mm. <laughs> it's bad tech. I'm afraid I broke your gun. Someone get me another weapon. Why does she say gun? The lights are going out. Mm. Are those Borg life signs? Uh, I like seeing the Borg cube sort of turn Borgy. Yeah. Do they frighten you? It's really cool. I think Seven getting all determined and taking control of it is awesome. The stuff in her spine is awesome. If I fail in my work. Something far worse is coming if I fail in my work. Yeah. What is it, Andy? The the thing that makes people hit their hit themselves in the head with a rock. Data and a mustache? Could be. Is it It's horrible. Is it like the pre Borg Borg? Is it the Borg? Is it V'ger? What the fuck is coming? I don't know. Thank God she still has those spinal implants. Yeah. Thank God the doctor could never take him out. I also feel like it belies that maybe she's done this before, and last time it took a long time to get her unplugged from it because she didn't. It's awesome. Because she what? I don't know. I think there's a lot of implied story that might have happened in the past years leading up to this that'll make great novelizations. Fill it in with the, I'm sure, Seven of Nine series they're going to do. I'll watch it. We'll be forced to. (laughs) We have a podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Very cool. All the board cubes coming no. up. Why did they wait? Because they wanted to make it uh, visually the most dramatic it could be. <laughs> that does seem like that's the answer to that question. But also, like, those Borg aren't dying, by the way. I'm just saying. Yeah. No! Certainly made it feel like they're dying. Also, like, her scream, and it seems a, like there's a, a scream from as them. As a collective, you know, Borg, I don't see a world where that pathway of command is allowed to be open that somebody can just plug in that that she hasn't cut the romulan devices off completely i don't know maybe she's mad at herself maybe that's why she's saying no well i assume they've built all sort of safeguards and stuff and also, that's like, why this, this is even like allowed. there was like a screaming borg well i think that's that's what was effective about it that's why you feel their pain even though according to you there should be no pain no there shouldn't be It is kind of funny seeing them all fly up. <laughs> we <laughs> Well. When we get to Deep Space 12, I'm going to turn myself in. You all right? You all are the closest I've come in a long 
time, maybe ever, to having a crew. Ever part of a crew? Should we get into it? Yeah, she was like in a dance crew in high school. <laughs> oh, is that what that's feeling? <laughs> I'm sorry too. Peppermint, French fries. To me, it looks kind of disgusting, but you love it, right? How did you know? We'll get there, honey. Now listen, two, three hundred thousand years ago, somebody drags eight suns together. They hang a planet in the middle. And on this planet, they place a warning. Somebody. Who did this? Was it Q? The only person mm-hmm. I know can drag suns around. Who knows? Maybe it's Galactus. The Romulans call it. Mm, the why didn't he eat them? Mm, good point. Warning. Maybe he wasn't hungry. Don't do I'm do. full. <laughs> I'll leave these oh. here. I'm going to store these. And they evolved. And it did not go well. At all. Meaning? Apparently, these people believe there was a threshold of synthetic evolution, a dividing line. Like with Zephyr Cochrane and Warp Drive, when you cross that line, somebody shows up. Somebody really bad. The Romulans, it seems, took this. So, what is that saying to us, Andy? Let's try to figure this out. Okay. Some kind of demon-like creature. Or a Q, maybe. Sure. Or a Q. Or a, or someone bad. Mm-hmm. Something bad. Shows up when they cross the threshold. Mm-hmm. So, the threshold ha- has not been crossed yet? That's a good point. I guess, I guess not. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's something about the amount of of synths that are made or they're released or I don't know. Mm, okay. She's the destroyer. So maybe she, it's her getting back multiples to, of her, right? But are they all the destroyer? I don't I know. Guess they probably are. So if like maybe one of them gets back to the planet, then they, she plugs in in some way that, okay. All right. Look, that like changes this. their consciousness. Andy theorized. <laughs> eyes, eyes, eyes. Seriously. They created, a group, the Jat Vash, dedicated to finding and terminating all synthetic life. Then we're back into one of these. So imagine, 30, 40 years ago, Dr. Noonan's song starts turning out synthetic life that's equal to human beings, superior in some ways. The Romulans send in a mole, a half Romulan. Oh, Vulcan there it is. Named Sekunda. No, it's not named Sekunda. It's named O. <laughs> she burrows Aha. into Starfleet, rises through the ranks, and becomes head of security. And in no point does she kill Data. What is happening, guys? And all the while, she has one mandate. To put a stop to the Federation's research and development of synthetic life forms. To this end, she decides to engineer a situation so Terrifying that the Federation's only response will be to ban since forever. The Romulans were behind the attack on Mars. <sighs> As a 
certain ring to it. Now, could you all say this while I call my son? Carry on. (laughs) But the Commodore's work wasn't done. Nine years ago, a Starfleet vessel had first contact with a pair of emissaries from a strange new world. One called himself Beautiful Flower. By the way, if they're going to the... Where are they... Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. They use the transwarp conduit in this to go to the eight star system system, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Why? Why didn't they just... That's her home. Yeah. Just like, tell me if I get it wrong. I think. Yeah. I just don't understand why they didn't just go right to the planet. Right to the planet. What planet? That they're theor- it's theoretically her home, or do they only know the system? But isn't that aren't they going to the planet? But why didn't they just use the transponder to go directly there? The transwarp drive to trans-warp get drive. there, or are they? But on their aren't way? they? No, right now they're going to D Space Twelve to mm-hmm. meet with, to meet up with the Armada. Right. They don't go to to the other one until Soji sends the ship that way. Okay, I guess my question to you is: if Commodore O. Mm-hmm. And these Romulan Jot Vosh people have access to this f- fountain of knowledge, this well of knowledge, on this planet. Wouldn't they know that this planet was the homeworld? Am I confused? Well, Is I think- the well of knowledge planet in the middle of the eight star cluster? I think so. Is her home planet in the middle of the eight star cluster? I believe so. This is stupid. Why? Wouldn't the Romulans know that she was from there? Because the Romulans seem to be the only people who have access to this planet. Oh, yeah. Like, that. historically, the admonition happened on that planet. Yes. And you're always going there to make more people bludgeon themselves with rocks. Hmm. Also, why would it be hidden in her brain, then? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I've got, but again, maybe I, 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 I'm assuming I'm wrong. Yeah. The other one was... Jana. How do I know that? The same way I know you like to dip French fries in peppermint ice cream. You're an android? Jana. No. Oh, sorry. I should have been more specific. Came from the world <laughs> that Bruce Maddox fled to when he left Earth after the ban. Bound and determined to carry out his work. And the Shad Vash have been searching for this world ever since. Which they have now found because of me. Wait, so they're not going to the A-Planet Cluster. Seems like she would have broken the table. Excuse me. I think she was holding back a little bit because she didn't want to... She did, she did dent it. Such good effects. Soji, what are you doing? Emmet, Ayuda. Emmet! I deactivated them. Don't worry, I'm not going to hurt anybody. I just need to get back home. You'll get your ship back, Rios, the minute we're there. Kid, I understand why you're doing this, but it's not right. We want to help you. You cannot just... How could you possibly understand? Is someone trying to wipe out your family? Do you even have a family? No, I did, he, but he died when what he, he, put a he, when he in killed some of your family. Some kind of subspace tunneling? It's a map of the Borg Transwarp Conduit Network. At this speed, we're about nine hours from the nearest node. I don't actually know how I know that. I I must have picked it up on the cube while I was busy being Dr. Soji Asha. Or your Borg somehow? The, ban, the admonition. 
and what happened to my brother and sister. There's to be some kind of tie-in between those things. Do you know this? Arroz con leche se quiere casar con una viudita de la capital que sepa tejer, que sepa bordar, que ponga la aguja en su campanal. It's a lullaby my mother used to sing to me. She didn't like other people playing with her things either. She's done it Maddox's way. She's done it my way. Let's try doing it her way and hope we get there in time to warn them. Actually, I don't know how to work this. <laughs> so your plan is just fly into a transwarp con? That's the speech you're talking about? No. No. Did you not? But, but you said we were going to get to that part, and you had something to say. I thought, what is the speech you were saying? It's later. Later, okay. It's when he says that the future isn't written in the, you know. That was the thing I was sort of saying. In this moment, the, the is it, it's a fine comedic moment, but to me... It, it it mocks it's almost putting a a finger on what it is that's troubling about the show but in a comedic way of like hey you want her to be picard don't you no not yet and i'm like well, well then what are we doing <laughs> also picard doesn't really flash yeah, anyway just, yeah. well he was this he was one of the best, best pilots yeah. pilots in the starfleet not as good as Riker. not as good as Riker, apparently field, no chroniton field just jump right in Grabbing metrics here, be damned. Or seven, apparently. See, then, has my goddamn ship, Lika. Captain Rios, please take me home. For Jana's sake. So I guess the Romulan's still tracking them. I guess they must be because what's his face? Because one gets sneaky. By the way, I love that we haven't seen her since. Or him. In a week. It's been great. I do like all these Borg coming to get her, and I really was hoping she'd get assimilated. The listener, Cece Sadler, commented on, uh, are they tickling her to death here? Which I thought was very funny. You know, I hate big tickles. <laughs> so all these Romulans bounce. Love the ships. Because the Borg are little fighters. Ship designs, really cool. They're gone. It is over. The cube is ours again. So, are you going to assimilate me now? Valid question. Annika still has work to do. So, I'm not sure who's making that decision. Is that the collective? 
It seems like it's that, yeah, well, it, it's her and the collective, yeah. It's like a version of her that includes the collective. Yeah. But it's separating her out as a different thing. Yeah, they're probably like, oh, this lady, she really she did a good job for us. She should go keep doing good jobs. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Unclear. I don't know that we'll ever be Well, all the Borgs are off the ship, so how is it theirs? Now... That's all the here, Borgs are on the ship. I don't think they are. I don't think, There's some I don't bunch think that left. was every oh, I see. airlock. Okay. Well, there's no way to know that. Right, but I'm just assuming. Okay. Based on the information that they have given me over the last 35 years of Borg. That there's Borgs in little crooks and nannies. Yeah, nooks, nooks and, and crannies. crannies. It's like an English muffin. Every Borg cube is like a Thompson's <laughs> English muffin. <laughs> you know, I remember standing the night watch as a young ensign on the bridge of the Reliance, feeling I was the only one awake in all that emptiness, all that silence. Yeah, you're right. This is this is gold. I agree. Until just now, how much I loved it. I knew Alonzo Vandermeer slightly. He was first officer to an academy classmate of mine. Captain Marta Batanides. You knew her? No, but I felt like I did. She was a legend to the old man. Remember Marta? Did you watch Tapestry? Yes. Oh, Picard gets stabbed through the heart by the Nas again? Um, no, I don't. I don't Q know was I there? I don't think I did. Oh. Was I supposed to? Yeah. That's got to be the most Picard episode of Picards. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think I watched one. You didn't watch it when, like, it was sort of like a... Uh, it's a wonderful life kind of a thing where like if you didn't get stabbed in the heart you wouldn't become Patrick McCard you'd be like a lousy lieutenant on board the Enterprise no that sounds amazing Ugh. anyway she's in the episode Marta is in that episode with him at the academy oh that's nice Captain Bandemir they failed you whoever made your list failed you I don't know maybe it was on there I looked on like three different lists did he no, they were synthetic. I have to believe that he did. He must have thought that because of that, he'd be able to live with it. I didn't know him well, as I said, but... I felt he was a good man. One of the best that Starfleet had to offer. He was. I, uh... I hate that he died thinking it was really Starfleet that betrayed him. Betrayed itself. But Starfleet did betray him. We did betray ourselves. There it is. I love this. Long before O gave Vandermeer that order, the ban itself was a betrayal. Oh, the Jat Bash. They set the trap that we could merely have sidestepped it. Instead, we gave way to fear. all of five minutes to hack my ship Picard. and now maybe there's a whole planet of them Rafi said the Romulans call her the destroyer what if they're right they may be right about what happened 200,000 years ago the past is written but the future is left for us to write and we have powerful tools reels openness optimism and the Spirit of curiosity. All 
they have is secrecy and fear. And fear is the great destroyer, Rios. Not... We're there. That that was good. that was felt very, um, yes, very Picard. I don't disagree. That felt like I agree with you. I'm here, I'm back. I agree. With I'm you. in my saddle. I'll clap again. Uh, well, that was earlier, and so I guess I guess everything prior to the him talking about the, the ensign speech and and why he loves space, which was so wonderful, and this speech, I, I stand by my point. But I do agree with you. This well, is what was your point again? Just that I don't that it's this it's a continuation of him not acting like Picard or being useful or being in touch. And this, frankly, feels like a totally different character. And I, you know, I don't know why the shift has uh, happened now. It does at the end, by the end. Yes, this episode feels like a different character. This, this episode feels like Picard to me. Because you're saying the whole episode he does, yes. but I think the rest of the episode feels like the guy we've been no, watching, except no, for the weird... No, 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 Because, like, the... Like, if you look at how he approached Soji in episode seven and you look at how he approached soji in episode eight the sit down with her the talk to her the listen to her then tell her that he can't imagine what she's gone through the discussion about data uh from the point of view of what we know picard to have been like it always did feel weird that like he was so in love with data throughout this first six six episodes of the show that i thought this bought it back a little bit in a in a in a in a in a believable way, in a good way, in a way that maybe he should have been established from the beginning. This episode, I think, did I buy it back? When he pauses, did you love? Like, I feel like if anyone asked him that in episode one and two, he just would have said, "Yes, I loved him." Yes, I loved him so much. Yes. Uh huh. Um, that's why I'm going on this adventure. I love Data. Like that's, but to me, this all of the beats of Picard in this episode felt like Picard to me, um, and it felt like it had a story reason behind it, which was the previous episode and the visit with the Riker with, with the Rikers. Um, so for me, it felt like you need to be John Picard. He listened to that call to action, and, and he has applied it throughout this entire episode. And I think maybe. Uh, fully fully getting there with this speech but to me it all felt like Picard because I feel like it's it's not as clean a progression it to me be. it's not clean it can't be clean because it's because of what came before yes. <laughs> <laughs> alright that's fair whatever the case we're in agreement that this last speech is like okay there he is but I, I just don't I don't connect the dots as neatly I understand that I have we have to. we have the Troy Riker connection, so that I guess you can add that up. And but. I'd argue that that episode probably had to get written to make any of this feel like it made sense. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I was even on board with the. Uh I assume that's Narek. Just uh, by the way, I love it. I love it. End. It's like <laughs> I'll cloak. That'll trick him. Why weren't you cloaked the whole fucking time, dum dum? Very Boba Fett. Stupid. Following the Falcon. Yes. When everybody else has gone away. Oh, the Falcon on the next Picard. <laughs> but I love it. I don't mind the the serial, the movie old movie serial quality of him following him in. That also implies forward progression. I hope he also gets knocked into a Sarlacc pit unceremoniously. 
Uh, here we go. Eric, or seven. <laughs> um, who is it? Soji. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally give it to Jean-Luc Picard. He didn't really affect anything, though. Even though he gave a great speech. Oh, I think he affected everything. Okay, make your argument. Uh, he brought Soji on board okay <laughs> he calmed soji mm-hmm. he listened to soji okay he contacted starfleet starfleet listened to him this is a little question in my head whether starfleet already had the information but okay uh whatever i don't know yeah. Okay, the end. That's it. I'll give it to Picard. I mean, I guess so, I'll give it to Seven. A beautiful performance. Just because Seven kicked the most ass in this episode. Sort of fended off. That's not what this MVC is all about. No, no. I mean, Andy, in terms it's of, not who kicked the most ass. That could be a different award. <laughs> I mean, in terms of doing something, she, she fended off Nerissa. Yeah, but all the, according to you, all the Borg died. I, not she according saved to me. No one. I didn't. I didn't. I'm not saying what happened to them. I'm just saying she what it looked saved like. no one. Well, I don't think she did less than Picard. She at least was active and, and give, making trouble for Nerissa. She's not on the crew. Mostly. She's not a valuable crew member. I think she's not. That's that's certainly true. What about Allison Pill finally owning up to everything? Of no value to me. <laughs> Why don't I give it to all the uh, emergency holograms? Yeah, emergency holograms. Um, all right. I'm still giving it to seven. Picard. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. I liked it a lot. Get it. I give it a nine. Thank you. Um, I was gonna give it a nine. Yeah, I'll give it a nine. <laughs> so so simple, so easy. Uh, very quickly, here's why I gave it a nine. Pacing, I thought was excellent. I thought that the uh, uh, story was flowing. I, I I liked all of the all of the character sort of. Now that we've spent so much time with these characters, and I, I like now that they're all sort of able to use that and behave in a way that is unique to those characters. I loved Picard being back in the saddle. I really liked the fact that this story is moving somewhat forward. Sure, all the information that comes out in this episode is information that we have had before, not counting the flashback at the very beginning. Uh, but that being said, I just, I just, this felt right. This felt Captain Picard felt like Jean-Luc Picard in this one, and that's why it gets a nine for me. Um, I thought the cold open was amazing from top to bottom. I thought the act breaks were crisp. I thought uh, the performances are amazing. I really like what they did with Nerissa, and it really allowed me to even enjoy even the cartoonishness of the later stuff where she's going around the Borg cube. I love that she faces off with Seven. I love seeing Seven kick ass. She doesn't face off with Seven. She never encounters Seven. Well, I mean... They're never facing off. Theoretically. I thought it was a cheap cop out that they don't face on yeah well i mean i mean blaster to blaster let's see who goes strategically they do. blasters disruptors blasters strategically they do yeah and guess who wins mm. narissa i mean depends what you think happened to the borg <laughs> that's all i'm saying it's like you're like on board with this in a way that i'm like i think you saw something i didn't see 
Um, I concur that it was weird that the way they lay it out, but I don't. I don't think that made it any I less enjoyable to watch. By pretty girls again. Well, I mean, they're both pretty girls, so how come I'm? You're blinded by it. <laughs> how is it, how is that affecting my evaluation I, of this? I thought that it was underwhelming. Which I concur with that. But I, think I, I, th- I thought it was underwhelming. Underwhelming. You didn't think it was a great action sequence, minimally? What action? Nothing happens. There's uh, no action. What do you mean? She goes and she kills a bunch of the, the, the people. Uh, Nerissa. Um, she goes around the ship. Sequence. An action sequence to me is not someone killing defenseless people. That is not an action sequence. An action sequence to me is someone in a fight. Yeah, okay, she's, she's not in a fight, in a fight with Seven. Seven is plugging into the cube. She's not trying in a to fight control. with Seven. She's running around. Here's what's happening. She knows what's going on because she she makes the choice to shoot them all into space right when she sees it happening. No, no. She makes the choice to shoot them all into space as her counter move to what Seven is doing. Seven That's what does, I'm saying. It's a counter move. They nothing, are in a strategic battle. happens. Well, in terms of them not dying? They don't. Neither one wins. No. In fact, I would say seven or nine you loses. Know, someone doesn't have to win an action Nerissa, sequence in order for it to be an action but sequence. it's not an action sequence to me when one person is sitting there doing this. Mm, I don't agree with that, that evaluation. That doesn't feel like an action People sequence. are on the bridge of a, of a ship and there's a battle and they're just hitting buttons. That is at least though then we get a macro view of like what what is what the FYI, ships Matt are doing. was Matt was doing seven's movements. Oh, I was twisting my hands in the, in midair yeah. hoping a VFX guy would come in and make it look like something. <laughs> he hasn't gotten in yet. <laughs> I mean, he's working from home, but he should get this did, done. Did the sound guy come in to say to do anything with? <laughs> that guy lives on the Patreon. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to poo-poo on Andy's parade of fun. Um, that, that makes me a poo-poo What's head. interesting is we have the same rating. You still won't accept my reasons for liking it. <laughs> Your reasons are different. As I said, I said this very early on. Uh, we have dis- different reasons for liking the same thing, and that makes both of us wrong. Sure. Well, it doesn't make us both wrong. It doesn't make us to uh, each other we're argumentative. Wrong. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I do agree with you in terms of like this is the story progression. It was so amazing in this episode, and everything that happens is interesting. And even when you have the. The, the, there's only that one section in the middle where they do the same thing where they start talking about the things we already know and explaining to each other but even then it kind of dovetails into the ex- explanation of the past and then sort of all putting the pieces together yeah it flows and nice. I love the parallel editing of those scenes and the you know even with like Gerardi talking to Soji it's like people are finally putting aside all the bullshit and the levels and the lies and everything is just like all right great just say what the things are <laughs> say what you're feeling it's just yes it's know, like someone has arrived with, the with mind a, control and a, a bunch of other stuff like someone but, has arrived with a mop yeah that is how it feels somebody cleaning up the xps i don't know how much of a mess it was previously but that mop is sorely needed uh all right andy let's play the trailer for next week's episode it's just some pew pews and some pow pows but here we go. Next week on Picard. We just came 25 light years in 15 minutes. I noticed a little turbulence. We call it Capaleus. I was born there. Okay, so Capaleus, they're not going to the eight-star planet. They're going to a place called Capaleus? Yeah. Is this where they'll run into Captain Crowley? Crandall. Oh, <laughs> Alistair yeah. Crowley. We skipped over Crandall, didn't we? Oh, we skipped over him real hard. Oh, weird. Again, remember what we said earlier. Yeah. If, if they 
set this guy up like this and do nothing, guy or girl, up with Crandall. Yeah, they did. And it. do nothing. It's wow, that was annoying. so much real estate put on that. Yeah. Crazy. So you got to assume he's going to show up later. Yeah. You don't think so. I'm picking up five bogeys coming right at us. Were those beautiful flowers? Could be. All power's gone. What do we do about it? Brace yourself. Hmm. Mm. All power's gone, so they plummet back to the atmosphere. And uh, Picard yells, brace yourselves. That's the exciting adventure next week. Sure. Uh, boy, now I feel like a real dum-dum. Why? Because I thought they were I'm going to the, wrong, yeah. to the planet of the eight. Unfortunately, you have a dumber dum-dum next to you, so I couldn't help you. Well, I wanted to be wrong, and I guess I was wrong. Save your emails. We caught it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've already received 100 emails on I'm this issue. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm very confused by that planet of the eight stars, though. Mm, yeah, I am a little too. I don't know. Well, it's got, it's got uh, two more hours to make full sense. Um... Whatever the case, I hope you enjoy this because you got a lot more content coming. Oh, so much content! You shake a stick at it, but you'd be shaking a long, long time because there's so much. Yeah, right, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Disengage. Follow Star Trek: The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy... Send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.